Come October, after a law and a lot of feverish rulemaking, federal employees are scheduled to start getting paid parental leave, time off for the birth or adoption of a child. With details on how it might work and what it'll mean for employees, federal employment attorney Tom Spiegel of Spiegel Law joins me in studio. Good to have you in. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. So this has been a long time in coming. And first of all, it goes into effect in October. What does OPM still have to do yet? So there's a lot of work to be done. So OPM has to come up with the enacting regulations that will basically fill in all the important details that are not currently in the bill. So they will be busy between now and October. What are some of the elements that they might have to include? I mean, it sounds straightforward. Everybody gets 12 weeks off when a child arrives. Sure. I think, you know, if you look at, you know, the current paid or unpaid leave, Family Medical Leave Act, there's a dizzying number of regulations, like how you provide notice, what is proper notice, what forms you use, how they count the days, you know, the actual leave, how they add it up. So there will be those kinds of details about how employees give notice, how the various agencies deal with that notice and when they can take leave and again, how it's attributed to them, how it will interact with the the Family Medical Leave Act, because that's still going to be on the books. So those details will have to be worked out. So, for example, if someone wanted to take their paid leave and combine it with unpaid, that's, I guess, legal, but given agency could have a big problem with that because of the long absence it would create. Exactly. Because then you, if if they're allowed to stack it, which currently it looks like that's a possibility, You could have your 12 weeks of unpaid leave under the Family Medical Leave Act, and then you could have your 12 weeks of paid leave. And so OPM is going to have to decide whether or not that's how it's going to work. And so this will be a formal rulemaking process with the uh, proposed rule put out for comment and then final rule and all of this in a pretty compressed time frame yeah, that's in, when, the, in the world of rulemaking. Correct. I think that's exactly how they'll, they'll do it. So it's going, to be, um, it's going to be fast and furious, and there will be a lot of, you know, the Family Medical Leave Act has been, you know, was enacted in 1993. So we've got a lot of history with that act, and it took a long time even for that to get all the details filled in. And then there's a question for lawyers like me, what happens if an agency violates and doesn't give the paid leave? Are the same, it looks like right now, the same rights will apply as under the Family Medical Leave Act, but we don't know that. And so we'll see what OPM has to say. And OPM doesn't have the best record in the world of alacrity when it comes to getting (laughs) enabling regulations out. Yes, right. So I can imagine that there will, courts will help fill some of this in. There will be challenges, I'm sure, once the law is enacted. So I don't think it's all going to be done, sadly, by October 1. And some of the particulars that are in the bill uh, I guess this is a basic one, but this applies to both mothers and fathers for the birth of a child if if someone's spouse the wife has the child. Right. That's correct. Uh, it's pretty explicit about that, which is, a, which is a fantastic addition to make that explicit, that it applies to both. And adoption, and I think also the acquisition, for lack of a better word, of a foster child yes. also applies. That's right. That's right. Yep. And so that could complicate the rulemaking because the timelines are different. You know, sure. A birth, I mean, you might go to the hospital ahead of a birth or you might be on bed rest for some reason, some health reason when you're pregnant. But adoption or fostering is a different time schedule. Correct. And I think they probably will look to the FMLA for, for much of that because it applies in the same way and, and probably a lot of the timing rules will apply. But there are a lot of important details to fill in. Now, we should tell listeners that you specialize in family types of federal employee and commercial employee cases, pregnancy and so forth. What are the big issues that yeah, come yeah. up in this field? That's correct. Um, I wrote a book called You're Pregnant, You're Fired. 
You know, there are a number of them, not only the we're talking about women, the pregnancy itself and returning to work and how much leave that they get. But what happens during the pregnancy, if there are complications and it affects the workplace, you know, there are a number of laws that are impacted, including with Americans with Disabilities Act. And how does that interact with Title VII, which applies? Um, And now with the we've got paid leave. And of course, now we've, we've had the FMLA for decades now. And so there are a bunch of interlocking and overlapping laws that apply. And let's not even you know, that's not even to mention the state laws, which apply, right? We go we live in D.C., which also has a paid family leave act that applies to both uh, government workers and private sector. So there are a host of interlocking laws that make this an, uh, an exciting but complicated field. Plus, federal employees are mostly not in the D.C. region. Correct. So you've got a patchwork across the nation, basically. Uh, correct. That's right. We're speaking with attorney Tom Spiegel, who specializes in employee workplace rights. And for agencies, what do you think the effect will be of this new provision when it takes place? What will it be like for managers operating programs? Yeah, it'll be big changes, right? Because now, again, they will be the ones on the front lines dealing with the interplay between the FMLA uh, and this new Paid Leave Act and all the details that are involved in terms of when educating employees about them and when employees can apply for the act, when the timelines start to kick in. So there's going to be a a steep learning curve for the agencies. And of course, as, as you may have seen, there are some agencies that were left out in the cold in this bill that they're trying to correct now. They have a technical corrections out, uh, but, you know, with the in- impeachment, there are not going to be any votes for, for a little bit. But TSA, uh, FAA, D.C. courts, there are a number of agencies. They're not under Title V, which was the statute that was amended. And they realized this after it was enacted. And it's like, oops, these big agencies are not covered. So that's going to have to be cleaned up as well. And the two you mentioned in particular, TSA and FAA, have large numbers of shift workers, yes. shift employees, where the absence of someone for an extended period can be felt maybe much more sharply than policy shops and regulation shops and program operation shops. Exactly. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more fancy footwork that they're going to have to do to enact these laws. And again, I think they can look to the FMLA, so they're not starting at ground zero. Uh, but there is going to be a lot of fresh work to do, particularly on how, the, how these two laws are going to interact. And I guess the government, if it wanted to, could look at some of the private sector models where this has become much more widespread. In fact, this is an area where the government is pretty much behind the private sector. That's correct. Uh, well, some of the private sector, we'd like to see more action. Well, in not sector. every little laundromat or yes, something. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, but the big tech companies in particular are you know ahead of the curve on this. So that's right. There are a lot of places to look for how these are enacted and other how the, you know these sorts of policies are used in other workplaces. You know, I remember when I was a young manager, and this is literally more than a generation ago, my boss, who was my age then that I am now, and it still sticks in my mind. I can barely believe he said it even back then. That He said, Tom, he said, be careful of hiring women because they get pregnant and leave. I thought, well, you know, my wife is pregnant at the time, so, you know, <laughs> that's not quite terms that I can relate to very well. But in your experience with these cases, has the culture shifted to keep up with the family leave policies that have come into the economy much more widespread? Not as much as I would like to see, which is why I have the specialty that I do. We still see that sentiment in a lot of places um, that, hey, you know, I've got these short-term, if I'm a manager, I've got these short-term goals I'm trying to meet and this woman's going to get pregnant and and take leave and I'd rather have the 25-year-old guy who doesn't have family responsibilities. There have been changes. A lot of workplaces are a lot more progressive, but it's spotty. And so you still have managers. We see it quite frequently with that very same attitude. And I think more and more young men in the workforce, say, that are below the age of 35 or so that are in the child having years, 
they're much more inclined to take advantage of this right also, I yeah. would think, than earlier generations. I think that's, I think that's right. Um, we still see, even with the millennial generation, we still see the evidence is that men are still reluctant sometimes to take leave because of, of how they will be perceived. But that is getting better. And we do see men being expected to play a more equal role at the home as they should. And so as part of that, being more willing to take advantage of these leave programs. Well, I guess they might be reluctant, but sometimes the first encounter with the baby ends that pretty quickly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So it's something everyone should prepare for, though, and, and not take lightly when this does come in because it will have real practical effects in the workplace. I think so. I think it will have certainly effects in the federal workforce, but I think it will have ripple effects. I think the federal workforce will be a a leading mover in this, and you're going to see private sector companies taking on the mantle even more quickly than they have, which is, of course, a good thing. Attorney Tom Spiegel specializes in employee workplace rights. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. <laughs> 